This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Listen up, men. The ABC is testing a new prototype, codenamed Last Resort. It was designed by one of their top specialists, showrunner Sean Ryan. Now, we don't know yet if this Last Resort program is going to work, but if it does, well, that could be a game changer. Captain Johnson, Officer Harbin, I'm sending you on a reconnaissance mission. We want to know everything there is to know about this thing. Study it, analyze it, and report back. I expect weekly dispatches from St. Marina. The fate of our nation depends on it. So get to it. You have the con. The date is 11-12-2012. This is Dispatch 007 from the coast of St. Marina. The purpose of this message is to discuss the new prototype launched by the ABC, codenamed Last Resort. I am your captain, Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined, as usual, by my XO, Greg Harbin. Yes, hello, Captain. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing pretty good. I had a, a glass of lemonade right before the show, and so I'm, I'm feeling a little bit woozy. So we'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure you can speak to me yet, but I'm going to let it slide. There's not much you can do. Once somebody's dosed, it's speaking freely or, or, the, or they're passed out, basically. I, I will grant you permission to speak freely since you're a little bit tipsy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because that might make for some entertaining moments. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to talk about episode number six of Last Resort. It's an episode entitled Another Fine Navy Day. It was directed by Christopher Misiano and written by Ron Fitzgerald. And um, Greg, why don't you go ahead and remind our listeners what happened on this episode? Yes. Well, it is a little bit fuzzy exactly what happened in this episode. I'd say this is the first episode. I guess you could say it's a little bit buzzy. <laughs> right. Buzzy. Oh, goodness. Wow. That's a whole other Thank level. You. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I think it was it was purposefully done this way, but after my first viewing, I wasn't actually entirely sure on the sequence of events or when stuff happened. I've seen it twice now. I think I've got a more solid grasp, but here, here it goes. Essentially, Surratt helps this team of somebody put a drug called BZ into the island's water supply that drugs everyone and it's basically a drug that causes hallucination and delusion and eventually unconsciousness for eight hours so we pick up in the middle of that kindle's been drugged he's bloodied it tells us it's three hours after the chemical attack and we basically see him try to pick up the pieces and figure out what happened he finds out that they've been drugged he goes after Surratt, then Surratt tells him, well, it's this other guy, and he finds the other guy, Booth, and basically finds out that they're there to come after the, the SEAL that's just woken up, um, who he does not like Chaplin at all. He doesn't like what's going on, and we sort of learn that Chaplin's threat of, I know exactly what's going on because the SEALs are telling me, well, it's not true at all, because clearly this SEAL does not like Chaplin, and he's not even willing to go along with what this um, new bad guy Booth is wanting to do either. He's being tortured by him, apparently not willing to give up to him either. Um, meanwhile, on the sub, Chaplin and Shepard are trying to keep things from going to hell. They dive, and everyone basically starts going unconscious, and everyone starts having hallucinations. And there's a fire that I believe Chaplin goes to make sure it's 
out, and it turns out it is out because the cob fixed it, and then someone turns on the air. That gets very fuzzy. <laughs> we can talk about that. But the sub is okay, and by the end, everything's okay on the island too. Everyone recovers, everyone wakes up, and basically all that's happened is, well, the, one of the keys is gone. One of the nuclear launch keys is gone. And we also find out that Kendall, at some point during all of this, kissed the French lady when he thought he was kissing a hallucination of his wife. I've seen this party before, and it's not good. We've been dosed. It's a pretty serious drug called BZ. Military designed it, nicknamed Buzz. I was a guinea pig. Me and some buddies volunteered back when music didn't suck. Extra cash was nice, but even at a low dose, it was no picnic. Is there any good news? Well, it doesn't kill you. Found it. Um, BZ is an odorless military incapacitating agent. The central effects include delusions, poor judgment, memory blackouts, paranoia, illusions, hallucinations. Ultimately, the victims will lose consciousness. Symptoms last about eight hours. This is a coordinated attack. Yeah, but how did it get here? Well, in the experiment, they mix it with lemonade. Well, the islands only got one main water supply. They dose that, they knock out everyone. Smart. Countermeasures. Well, the docs use adrenaline to snap me out of it. Can also use epinephrine, epipens, allergy shots. Colorado has those in the med locker. Hospital here would have some, too. We gotta move fast. We're gonna talk about the new villain that they introduced, Booth, as our main topic, because I know you had some things you wanted to say about him. But before we really dive into things, what were your general impressions of this episode? You know, coming off of a really strong episode like Skeleton Crew, it it seems almost inevitable that this episode would be a letdown. Did you find that to be the case? Well, it was such a departure. Um, You mentioned up at the front of the show that it was directed by Christopher Misiano, who I, you know, jumped up and down when I saw his name in the credits because I know him from The West Wing. And, you know, looking at his credits, he was also one of the bigs on ER. And obviously he knows what he's doing with network TV. And he's even done episodes like this on the West Wing that were moving around in time where there are a lot of different elements. I thought he brought something to the show that we'd been lacking. And it was just this high level of characterization while there's a lot of things going on. Now, not that the show had been flawed, but this is just a new flavor for the show it reminded me of an episode from firefly actually called out of gas i think people remember as being one of the best fireflies because it really focused on mal's struggle to fix serenity and while he was doing that he was having these these flashbacks um, to things that had happened earlier on and it's just this very tight character drama and i i love that in this episode we do sort of the same thing but focused around kindle and we're sort of allowed inside his head by seeing his hallucinations. You know, and uh, to a lesser extent with Chaplin, we, we, see, we see his son in the sub. Most people, we don't really see what their hallucinations are. I think we do find out that the bartender sees her mother or something like that. But in general, it's really focused on Kendall. And I think Scott Speedman can really hold an episode. You know, you always hated when it was a Jack episode on Lost. <laughs> Because Foxy just didn't quite have the chops, I I feel like. Or the character just wasn't interesting enough for the writers to give him enough to do. But I really liked having the episode centered around him and really getting inside of his head. So while it, yeah, wasn't quite as amazing as Skeleton Crew, it was different in a way that was really great. You, You mentioned earlier that it's a new flavor. So would you say that this is a flavor you like for Last Resort? Um, I, I wouldn't want this flavor every week, 
but it's 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 a good flavor. It's good that they have it in their crayon box, that they know how to mess with time, they know how to do hallucination, and they can do like a really tight character piece for a character. I wouldn't mind if next week they get back to a more traditional thing. I loved last week's negotiation. Like if they did a negotiation episode every week, I'd probably be really, really happy. <laughs> But, you know, you, you, you don't want that every week. So the fact that they do have this is, is really great. And I think especially on, on DVD, when it's just an episode that you're watching. I, I saw a couple people online saying it's a filler episode. On, on one level, it is because there's just not much that happens. But on another level, because it does get us inside the characters and it makes us understand them so much more and it lets us see what they do under extreme circumstances, it's not a filler at all. It's, it's necessary to understanding what happens next. I'm glad that you liked this episode. I personally think it's the worst episode of the show so far. I really didn't care for it. Um, I think it failed on almost every level. I did not like the structure. I did not. I, I don't know what you mean when you say that you thought there was some good character work. I didn't think there was any character work here. And I agree with the people that say it's just a filler episode. I don't think much was accomplished here at all. But I, I want to talk about the structure here for a second, because we're dumped into the middle of the action in medias res. Uh, we're not sure what's going on, and it goes back and forth through time to, to gradually reveal what happened. And it's it's supposed to be really dramatic. I mean, the opening title says, what, like three hours after the chemical attack or something. So it's supposed to be really dramatic and really intense. I thought it came off as kind of cheesy. And I honestly was so confused by the way the episode was edited and in, in, in trying to put things in sequence that it really alienated me from what was happening. And I'm still not quite sure as to the exact sequence of events. But that's sort of, you know, that gets you inside the mind of the people who are dealing with the drug, you know, because it's sort of, it's Kendall looking back on what happened and trying to piece it together in his mind. We're sort of seeing it from his point of view. The tricky thing in an episode like this is that you have to be disjointed enough to reflect that, but you also have to be coherent enough so that the audience doesn't get lost along the way. And personally, yeah. I thought the episode crossed the line. Maybe you can explain it to me, but from what I understood Kindle encountered booth and then realized something was wrong they had a fight and then the next thing i know that happened is he woke up in the woods next to all these bodies and encountered surat and then later teamed up with king to go take out booth and his team and i'm not quite sure how Kindle got from that first meeting with booth to out in the woods that's true yeah i'm still that's true i'm not entirely clear on that either i just know that at some point he encountered booth and didn't realize he was a bad guy and then figured it out and then at some point he was teamed up with king right so clearly he fought with booth and then apparently lost the fight or somehow he wound up in the woods in, the, in that opening scene surrounded by all those bodies and i'm not sure how he got there. And I feel like that is a major problem. If your opening scene is Kendall waking up confused, surrounded by all of these other people, you need to tell me 
quite clearly how he got there, and the episode did not do that. Honestly, I'm not quite sure what the purpose was. Are we really sure who the who this team was? I mean, they were hired by Surratt, but what was their ultimate goal? Well, were they were they hired by Surratt? I got the sense they came to Surratt with a deal. They said, if you help us out, you can get your island back. Well, right. So, so they came to Surratt and said, we will... Or who was it that put the BZ into the water supply? Was it Surat? Surat put the 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 BZ. That, so it was like his role in all of it was dosing the water supply. Right. And then the team shows up. And what was their goal? Obviously, they were trying to get the communications network back on track or something. But right. what were they going? Were they supposed to like? radio out to the Illinois and say, hey, come take the island. Everybody's unconscious. Yeah. Or what was what was their plan? I wasn't quite sure what exactly they were doing. Well, maybe we can work, work through it a little bit. I'm trying to figure that out myself. And I think that's supposed to be a mystery that you have after this. So I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, they do go after Hopper. Um, Hopper is the seal that's been unconscious this whole time. But now he's he's recovered. And he and Booth clearly got in a big fight. And I don't know if we even ever see it, but we know that Booth breaks his arm, or we're told that Hopper breaks Booth's arm. And what are they trying to get from him, though? Were you were you able to figure that out? I'm not sure. I mean, they established earlier in the episode that Hopper doesn't like Chaplin and Kindle and doesn't like the fact that they went rogue and isn't going to tell them what the deal is with those Navy SEALs, which is the big mystery that the show keeps uh, keeps leading us along to hopefully eventually find out what, what that is. But clearly, they're not on the same team with right. the SEALs. Right. They're, they're not there to extract the SEALs or even to kill them. They're there for a separate purpose, which at the very end, we do find out that somebody's launch key is gone. Is it Kindle's launch key? Chaplin's launch key is gone. Chaplin's launch key is gone. And Chaplin was on the sub the whole time. So maybe the team was after Chaplin. And we, we do know there's this mysterious someone that basically saves Chaplin's life. He turns the oxygen back on and... Well, well, well yeah, let, let, let's, let's talk about that because that is the one element, the one interesting element about this episode and the one thing that this element, <laughs> that, that, that this episode does do to move the show forward I think the rest of the episode is a total mess. You're not really sure what exactly is happening. You're not sure what the motivations of, of this new group of people are. But they're on the sub. I think the whole situation with them losing oxygen and the fire and Chaplin hallucinating, I, I kind of hated all of that. And we can talk about that more in a little bit. But clearly, whoever took Chaplin's launch key also didn't feel the need to kill him and right. saved his life. So clearly there's some sort of mole on the sub. Right. My first instinct is to say it's probably Cortez, but hmm. who knows at this point. Cortez, interesting. I, I'm sure it's somebody we know, somebody we've seen, but there have been a lot of secondary characters on the sub that we, we see and haven't really been a big deal. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's the Cobb, right. certainly. I mean, the reason I say Cortez is that it's clear that she likes Chaplin and probably doesn't want to see him dead, but she's also been through a lot. So it's possible that her loyalty may be compromised. Well, yeah. I, and I, I, when you say that the sub thing you didn't really like, was it just that you never really felt like they were in any danger? I just felt like it was a really cheap plot device. And the, the thing about this, this whole thing with the 
the BZ and the chemicals that's making everybody hallucinate. I think this episode would have exceeded a lot more if we had gotten inside the heads of people other than Kendall and Chaplin. If we had seen what's going on with the Cobb, for example, or what's going on with Cortez, uh, I think that would have been interesting. But as it stands, all we get are scenes of Kendall thinking about his wife, whom he misses. We already knew that. And we get Chaplin thinking about his son, whom he also misses. And we already knew that. So there's n- hmm. there's no real character development, and it all felt very, very repetitive to me. And every time they they did another scene of Kindle or Chaplin hallucinating, I was just like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I know this already. <laughs> let's, let's move things forward. This is really repetitive and redundant. That is true. Well, we did get Kendall learning that his friend is comforting his wife. Uh, there is the scene where the, the, the guy who works for the, for NATO is, I don't even know how he got this picture, but I guess he's looking at the news. It's on like TMZ or something. Yeah. Right. And, and show, and shows this picture to Kendall and Kendall's reaction is kind of like, turn it off. Like, I don't care. Like, that's stupid. Right. So clearly his hallucinations are supposed to be an extension of his paranoia. Right. About what's happening back in the United States. But. It, it's not handled very well, and it instead just comes across as more of the the whole "I miss you," "I wish I was with you," "Why are well, you? Why did you leave me?" And, and we we've seen that all before. We know that's what Kindle's feeling. We know he wants to be home, and it it just really didn't work for me. What did you think of of the extension of the the I guess the love triangle there with the the French woman, which he he clearly knows at this point that the French woman is interested in him. Right. Okay. You you had um brought up in an earlier episode that we recorded a few weeks ago that clearly Sophie had a thing for Kendall. Mm-hmm. And I honestly do not see what the point was of having that kiss in this episode. One, we already knew she was interested. This does nothing really to make me question Kendall and his devotion to his wife because he was drugged at the time. True. And if, if, if later in the season, he finds out what happened and is suddenly stricken with guilt. I'm gonna. That's just gonna feel really contrived to me because he wasn't in his right state of mind. So there's there's no real conflict there. I feel like I feel like the sh- the show is pretending that there's conflict there, but there actually isn't. I guess my feeling was that she was more in her right mind. She had just gotten stabbed right. with an epipen. She knew what was going on that whole time, and she did kiss him and i think she was kind of looking for an opening to kiss him and she doesn't know that he was having hallucinations about christine she may be telling herself he knew exactly what he was doing and this is my chance so i I think that's that's where it's interesting is her having this chance to extend that relationship and make it deeper it's sort of an opportunity for her but as you say yeah he can just shrug it off and say well i was under the influence and you know it didn't mean anything Right. And, and honestly, I feel like she should understand that as well. I mean, if everyone around you is falling unconscious and hallucinating, <laughs> you might want to consider that. Give her these two, whatever it takes to bring her back. It's too much. You're going to stop her hot. Try to hit a vein or something. I want to come up in 15. You're not going to get anything fixed if you kill her. She's French. She's all heart. She'll be fine. They got crossfire. We won't get three steps. Let's go, sweetheart. Up and out. Are you mad? What is wrong with you? There's no need for you. Oh, God, shut up. Look, 
I don't have time to do it the nice way. We made a very simple arrangement. This was not a part of it. Neither was killing you, but everything's negotiable. What did you think of the role of Surratt in this episode? You know, they're they're still angry as hell at him for killing Red. And they, they still haven't quite found out how they're going to deal with that. But in this episode, they find out that on top of doing that, he also helped these guys. And they kind of just let him go because he sort of helps them a little bit. That's why I'm saying this episode really accomplishes nothing. It's, oh no, Surratt did something bad again. He put everyone in danger, but ultimately they're not going to do anything about it. This whole episode just feels like a very episodic conflict of the week type of of, Mm. of thing. It feels like filler. It feels repetitive. It's clear that Surratt has feelings for Sophie, which I Mm -hmm. think is an interesting development, and clearly he got more than he bargained for with this group of people, whoever they are. But overall, I just, I I was not emotionally involved in any of these characters or this situation whatsoever. I don't know. What did you make of the whole Surratt thing? Maybe you have some insights that that I missed. Well, I was going to say that the Surratt part is the part that really annoyed me most about this episode. I I didn't mind as much um, your other problems, but I didn't like that he was let off with without so much as a scolding. You know, it's just like, oh, you sort of helped us fight Booth off. I guess you're good now. It it did feel like they were punting with his storyline. All, all Sophie has to do is say, no, don't shoot. And, and they don't. I, I really feel like he should have been, you know, taken into custody there. Right. I mean, they don't really explain the extent of the damage that was caused. I mean, mm-hmm. if all these people are unconscious... And they were hallucinating. Did anybody get hurt? Did anybody kill anybody accidentally? Yeah. Um, how many people are dead? How many people are wounded? Clearly, everyone on the Colorado almost died. But they don't really dive into that. It's just, oh, you hired some guys because you wanted your island back. It didn't go how you planned. We both lost, in a sense. Yeah. So we'll just let it slide. I I do feel like the one thing this did accomplish on the, on the Surratt side was him realizing he needs to do something else. Right. That these guys lied to him. And that the next people promising his island back are probably going to lie to him too. That he's not going to get by if he keeps doing this. I, I was reminded of, you know, Lando Calrissian. You know, it's right. like, that wasn't part of the plan. You know, the plans have changed. Don't make me alter them any further. Right. The difference is Lando never killed anybody. well true yes like lando has this like good side and uh surat has a long way to go to redeem himself yeah he surat has already crossed them he's already crossed the line he's already killed some of their people so yeah it'd be more like you know governor tarkin coming over to the good side than lando calrissian um at this point but i mean i've seen it happen i've seen worse worse people turn into good guys by the end but I, I don't know if I see it happening with Surratt, and I really don't like that they didn't deal with the hostage situation when they had a chance to. I thought it was interesting that they didn't really flash back to Kylie and Christine at all this episode. Mm-hmm. We, there's, there's, they don't show anything that's happening in Washington, which I like to a certain extent. I just wish this episode was a more interesting episode. <laughs> right. Um, and, I, and I wish it accomplished more. But as it stands, I feel like this episode really didn't do much except introduce a lot of new plot devices that they haven't really explained and don't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, at this point in the show, 
there's there's so many mysteries you know what is the rare earth material on mm-hmm. the island what's going on with curry and in the rest of the world who is this new group of people what do they want when hopper says that they were supposed to extract someone but then the order changed and, and, they, and they had to kill him what was the deal with that and i feel like the show is starting to become a little scattered hmm. and a little chaotic and I, I i think it needs to tighten up again does that make sense yes yeah, so I, I i definitely see that and yeah they they didn't answer any questions, and at the same time, they raised more. And just as the Washington story was getting interesting... And it seems like the questions, the new questions that they raised, I'm not sure if they intended to raise those questions or if it was just a consequence hmm. of poor writing and poor editing and the fact that we're not really sure who these people are and what they want. Was that intentional or was that just right. poor execution? And I think your typical viewer, given how confusingly the show was structured, I think your typical viewer isn't going to take much from this episode other than uh, something bad happened and there's the new bad guy now and I guess Kendall kissed Sophie. Like, if there was more in there and something more subtle, I, yeah, I think your average viewer isn't really going to have taken it. And they're going to have to do a lot of work in future episodes to remind you, oh, yes, and this happened and that was important. Let's move on to our main topic. I know you wanted to say a few things about Booth. Yes. So, obviously, we have a lot of questions raised and one of the big ones is who is this guy booth who king sees him coming with his team on the you know the little speedboat, and he arrives and just makes a mess like we haven't seen anybody make a mess like this on the island so far he drugs everyone he basically has free reign on the island and we really don't understand by the end what he's up to um, i want to talk a little bit about booth is played by gideon emery who a lot of people probably know from doing a lot of voice work. He's been in a lot of video games, um, Assassin's Creed, Dragon Age, Diablo. He was in EverQuest. And he's been in the Clone Wars animated show as well, playing just various people. So this is one of his first like big network roles. And I thought he was really good. When I say there's good character work, I really like the scenes between him and Kendall, between him and Surratt. There was just a little moment where Surratt and he are playing hangman while Hopper's there tied up. And it's like the word was gypsy and (laughs) you only got one letter. I thought it was hilarious. And and little moments like that. I love seeing life in the bad guys and just not just making them be faceless villains. Like we saw that with Curry. He's a very interesting villain. Booth is a very interesting villain in a very different way. This is nothing like those faceless Russians that came and got killed and left uh, this is like a real force that you feel like he's gonna be an interesting part of the show as it progresses sort of like um benjamin linus on lost will he though i mean i mean his fellow soldiers were killed and do they do they reveal what happened with him i can't remember i'm pretty sure he gets away at the end that that's my understanding like i said it's very fuzzy but my understanding is he gets away we don't know where he gets away to and yeah, we, we don't know his intentions, but he can always come back with another force. He doesn't seem to be from the U.S. government at all. I think we can be clear on that, right? Don't, do you agree on that? I think so, but I'm not sure because, <laughs> again, the whole thing in Skeleton Crew was that Curry was given the impression that Chaplin knew what was going on with the SEALs. And the fact that 
Booth spends so much time in this episode focusing on Hopper and interrogating him makes me think that maybe there was a link there, but I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And it's interesting, the idea that Booth is working with this mole that's on the sub. Is the mole a, a Defense Department mole? Because, I mean, if they had a mole from the DoD, wouldn't that mole have just killed Chaplin one of the multitude of times he had a chance to? It seems like this mole is with this third group. And if that's true, that's a really big thing because that means he was already there before all of this started. Yeah, I'm I'm really not sure what to make of it. Again, my theory is that it was just something going on with Cortez, but I could be wrong. I I really don't know. And this episode is so unclear that it's hard to know what to make of it or, or, or what to think of it. I think the show is trying to be mysterious and ambiguous, but instead this episode is just vague and confusing. So, so yeah, I really don't know what to make of it, honestly. Well, wh- what did you think about Booth himself and Gideon Emery joining the cast? I think that he gives a compelling performance. I think if he's a recurring villain, that could be very interesting to watch that play out. But again, we were given so little information about what his motivations are and what his role is in this episode that... I, I really don't know what to what to think. I I I will I will say if if he is a recurring character, I look forward to seeing the actor again. But I'm not sure yet how I feel about the character. Yeah, I I can see that. I think if you do go back and watch the episode again before next week, I would focus on Booth and really look at his performance and say that he's doing some really some great stuff. Another good scene with him was where Kendall stumbles in on him patching himself up after his arm gets broken and he's trying to play it off that he's what McClure from supply. And, you know, we sort of seen this scene before where it's like, Oh, you've known me this whole time. I'm blah, blah, blah. And, and he's, he's relying on all of this knowledge he has about the crew to fill in the gaps uh, when Kendall's asking him questions. And I, I think it's a really great scene because Kendall's half there and half not willing to trust him if, if he can help but also very wary of what's going on. And at the same time, Booth is having to figure out, well, now that Kindle's here, I can't just completely blow my cover and I can't just do what I want to do. I have to shift my plans to something that won't get me caught by Kindle. And I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was really well scripted and, and much more interesting than it could have been if they just played it straight. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally this guy. Oh, well, but what about this? Oh, I caught you. Now we're going to fight. They stretched it out a little bit longer and added to that drama. And because they were doing the weird thing with time, we as a viewer knew that he was bad. So it was that bomb under the table that Hitchcock talks about, where we know that there's something wrong with this guy, even though we don't know quite what it is and we don't know where it's going to lead. But Kendall doesn't know yet. Yes, I did like that element of it. I got to tell you, though, I actually just pulled up the episode, Mm -hmm. and I think Booth is dead. Oh, really? He gets shot in the shoulder and falls down. So I'm not hmm. quite sure what to make of that. I'll have to look at it again. My, I remembered that he did survive. And I, I've actually been looking at him on Twitter. And I thought he was saying he'll be on the show later, too. So I, Maybe so. Maybe it's just poor editing. But he does get shot. Okay. Well, but people get shot. I mean, Curry's shot. I, I don't think Curry's dead. 
no, no, he's not. But um, so it's entirely possible that all the speculation we're doing about his character <laughs> will be completely useless. Maybe it's just a one-time character, and oh well. <laughs> well, if it's one time, he's really well cast, and and they did a lot of stuff with him. Yes. If he's only going to be on for, for one episode. Yes. So good on them at least for for bringing in someone new and adding that element to an episode that could have been completely filler. I, I feel like you have to at least agree with me that Booth has bits of him that are interesting and bringing in this this third group adds more suspense to the plot and the overall mythology. I will agree with you that Booth was a compelling villain and had some real screen presence. Not quite sure yet how I feel about this new group of characters, though, and, and, and this whole episode, because, again, there's just so little to go on, and they haven't really told us what is happening and what the point is behind it yet. Yeah. So I'm going to have to wait <laughs> and get back to you on that. But yeah, anything anything else you want to say about another fine Navy day before we wrap things up? Yeah, well, another fine Navy day is, I don't think we've talked about it on the show yet, it's a, an actual Navy term for when a day is not so good. It's like voluntold. Right. Didn't realize it was a thing until I Googled it. So I've been using voluntold a lot. Like, I'm going to voluntell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how actually used it is, but I'm definitely going to be using another fine Navy day. Sort of like snafu. It's a good term to know. But yeah, I, I think you're right. This episode will be a little bit forgotten. It's not going to be a big deal. Mostly we're going to remember, I think, Booth and the the revelation that there's a mole. And I'm now even more interested to find out what happened in Pakistan. I just, there's going to be a point where I'm going to stop being kind of like curious and just be annoyed at Sean and Carl for not revealing it. I'm not there yet, but they're getting to that point. Right. I think we've completely covered it. It was such a a sporadic i'm not going to call it a mess you can call it a mess if you want i, I will call it a mess yeah <laughs> all right i i think yeah this is gonna be one of those shorter shows just because there's not that much to to dive into and sort of like memento if you put it in order it becomes kind of a straightforward a to b plot so i'm really excited to see next week's episode i'm hearing about the previews for next week although i'm trying to keep from watching them but i'm i'm understanding that that's going to be another episode up there with Skeleton Crew. I hope so. We will have to wait and see. But I think that'll wrap it up for Dispatch 007 from the island of St. Marina. As always, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us by emailing lastresort at filmgeekradio.com or commenting on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. Please subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you think. We, we really appreciate your feedback, and that also helps get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. That keeps the network up and running and helps us keep developing new content so that we can cover all of our costs and stay on the air. So that means a lot as well. Uh, don't forget, you can check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix, Let's Get Real, and The Thin Place. Greg, where can people find you online? Well, people can definitely find me on Twitter as Greg Harbin. That's G-R-E-G-H-A-R-B-I-Z-N-B-O-Y-I-N. And also at Trek FM where I do two podcasts now. I do one called The Ready Room that is a Star Trek discussion. And then I have a brand new show called The Observation Lounge that's more general geekery. It's typically um, like geek news from the week, although we like to nail down like one big topic sometimes that we're going to cover. So this week I'm excited to talk about the new Bond film. 
So do go over to trek.fm and, and listen to my other podcasts. Speaking of Bond, I'm still writing about all the Bond films at filmgeekradio.com. It's a series called Discovering 007. Be sure to check that out. Our analysis of Skyfall will be up shortly. Be sure to listen to that. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you're a listener, be sure to follow me and send me a message and uh, let me know you're a listener, and I will definitely follow you back. All right, I think that'll wrap it up for this dispatch. Do you concur? I do concur, sir. All right, insert your key. Okay. And three, three two, two, one. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!